Hello and welcome to the 180th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what the influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Warframe by Digital Extremes. Sheldon. Yes, hello. Who are you? And what do you do? Well, my name is, thanks for having me on the show, by the way. Uh, yeah, my name is Sheldon Carter. I am the, I guess currently I'm the uh, COO of Digital Extremes. Um, I work on the game called Warframe. I've been working on it for whew, uh, five, six years. And I've been at Digital Extremes for now going on 14 years. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about how it gets made because uh, that's something that's, you know, near and dear to everyone's heart here. I've got to say, um, can't congratulate you and your team about this extraordinary game. It is, I just want to say this off the bat, the very first PlayStation 4 game I ever played was indeed Warframe. I walked Amazing, in, I love Yes, it. I walked into, I think it was PAX West uh, or something like that. So I don't do E3 anymore because I don't really do indie stuff and E3 doesn't really cover that realm anymore. It does better now, mm. but back then it didn't. So I kind of, we kind of shived away and then we just moved on to other things. There was also Gamescom over here is kind of, I think, right. better, better serves the European audience. So that's why we jump on that instead. Yeah. But anyway, I've walked in and there was the. I wanted to. I wanted the controller. I wanted because you know that that's the thing, isn't it? When you need a new console, it's like, well, let's have a look at this new controller because I'm fear of change. Fear of change. Although looking back, it is way better than the PlayStation Three controller. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so I picked it up and I looked up on the screen and thought, oh, this looks um, very dark and and it's interesting and fast. And I, yeah. I, I, was, I was played it for way too yeah. long than I should have. Almost missed my next appointment. This is your fault. Great. I love it. I love <laughs> to hear that. That's, I mean, that was one of those things where I, I agree with you when that uh, Gamescom is a fantastic show. Uh, I, remember, I remember when we took, it, we took it to Gamescom and had people playing it. It was just it, – it's, it's, uh, it's one of those games where I think you're right. You have to actually have it in your hands and mm. see it, see how fast it is, yeah. see what it feels like, yeah. how kinetic it can be, the experience. And that's something we were really going for, you know, right off the hop. Even yeah. even when we first started working on the game, we're like, okay, so it's kind of like, you know, Left for Dead in space. But this is our this is a really early uh concepts for the game yeah. um but we want it to be a lot more faster and fluid mm. um so uh so i'm glad I'm, i it sounds like you uh you got exactly what we were going for in those early uh in the early showing of the game yeah we're gonna delve deep into that uh, i just wanted to start off the bat and thank you for introducing me to the world of ps4 because you did mm. you know and uh, people were watching me going what, what is this i said well i have no idea <laughs> it's like, it's, it was so, I'm so embarrassed to say that to you. Like, I have no idea what this is, but it's awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you, you look at you look at the the crazy. I mean, when you look at our space ninjas, basically our tenno. Yeah. When yeah. you look at them, and you and you kind of the you know the art style. You know, the, the, our original uh, art director uh, Mike Brennan, the arresting look of the game, which came from, which is actually inspired by you know stuff that we were doing way earlier 2008 when we were working on dark sector mm. uh, before that even we were kind of thinking about the game that that came to be warframe so we were kind of inspired by those looks that kind of 
um, anime inspired that you might have uh, that might have grabbed you a little bit when you first saw it. Mm. And then we wanted to kind of hook in with the the third person and co-op. You know, you want to be able to go it alone, but you want to go with it with friends. I, I think some of those early demos we used we, even even at the very beginning, we still had it so that um, people were set up to play. Uh, at least four players. Is that was that your first experience as well? No, it was it was relatively small area. So it was like another booth with another game, another booth with another game. So I think ah, it was all, right, right, right. Yeah, so, so you had so, to do one. Oh, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, that's but cool. I still, I you know, it's great. But before cool. we delve into that, let's find yeah. out a little bit about you. How did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Oh yeah, video games. How did I start? Um, well, actually. Um, it's you know everybody has a weird story and for mm. me um i was working in a call center uh, as a as a call center employee and one of my fellow employees um was working on uh, a neverwinter nights um module like he was kind of trying to create his own little uh story um and little did i know that he was actually trying to apply to another game company he was trying to he was, well we were not a game company but he was trying to apply to bioware um to work there and so i kind of helped him um, with his submission a little bit. And we kind of, you know, we play tested it and stuff like that. And, uh, when he got hired there, um, the people there asked him, said, Oh, do you know anybody else that could help us with certain aspects that, um, that maybe he didn't, uh, thrive at in his, um, in his demo. Um, and he was like, Oh yeah, this guy, Sheldon, he's, he's pretty good. So I got a call from Bioware, uh, as I was working in Custom, like, Hey, do you want to come move to Edmonton? which is really far away from London, Ontario, which is where Digital Extremes is now, um, and work on video games. And uh, and I did. And so uh, I worked on Jade Empire. That was the first uh, game that I worked on. Well, thank Um, Thank you you for that. that. Thank you. That game's awesome. No no one talks about it nearly enough, so thank you. (laughs) That's great. I I love hearing hearing from Jade fans. Yeah, so... So I got to work on that for a bit, and then, uh, and then, yeah, uh, which was really funny is that this is my hometown, London, Ontario. This is where I was working in that call center, and then I got recruited by uh, James Schmaltz, who's the founder of Digital Extremes, and he asked me to come and work on um, on this game called Dark Sector, mm. um, and that's and that's kind of where you know my journey, at least at this company, has uh, started. And I got to work with the guys. I mean, really, the core team that worked on Dark Sector is the same core team. That made Warframe, although that, now that's ten years ago. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's me, kind of. That's my start to now. I do love having to remind people that 2008 was ten years ago. Like, no, 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 it's only a few. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? And and just yeah, uh, and what a sometimes in in games when you start thinking about your favorite games and when they came out, it, it starts really blowing your mind, right? Yeah, yeah. like. Uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah, so I, I was working, we worked on Dark Sector, and like I said, we had this great idea for Warframe even back then, but mm. uh, unfortunately none of the publishers that we were working with um, decided that that idea had any uh, any chances at all. In fact, funny story was, I remember, uh, I won't say which publisher it was, but a not. publisher said, yeah. they said, uh, you know, oh yeah, so you guys want to do this kind of uh, ninjas in space idea. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So, well, you know, that's only the second most ridiculous thing that's been pitched to me today. Uh, the other thing was having um, kind of like a Art Deco underwater space or underwater uh, station where um, ideas, hey, whatever. He basically pitched this Bioshock. Yeah. And said, that was the most ridiculous thing I heard up until now. So, you know, 
that's how it goes sometimes in the industry. Yeah, I mean, look, looking back in it now, if you just go back to yourself ten years ago and just give, give, give yourself a good slap and go, you have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's all you'd say. You just like just give a slap and go, no idea. So. And, and that's and that's how it is, right? I mean, you can't blame anybody. We all try to make what we think is going to be successful, and that's yeah. how it goes. Right? Yeah, yeah. No one saw the smartphone stuff coming. Does not new. Right. <laughs> Apple did. Apple did because yeah, they, they went did. to Japan on, often enough. But everyone else, for sure, no idea. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's a really excellent story. But I love asking this other sort of sub question to that: is what was the first sort of game or creation thing you did? Like before you delved into this, I mean, did you did, as a cheat, did a, as a child, did you delve into this kind of realm, or did you not bother? Uh, well, I, I mean, I played tons of games growing up, but mm. I I think the first time I started working on creating games mm. or creating experiences, um, did you ever play on any of the muds on the multi-user dungeons? Well, we invented them, but uh, I did on a Perfect. few. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I so I I, I was a, I was a you know a big player of a game called Legends of the Darkstone, okay. and uh, then I you know I, I kept playing kept playing and I and I rose to the level of Immortal, which was you know like a really uh, someone that helped run the mud, and mm. uh, and then I started creating content for it and I started creating rules and I started doing kind of game design that I didn't really understand that that was game design at the time it was just like how to make it more fun for the people that I was playing with so that that was kind of my roots in design wow. was by was doing muds and text-based games which you know i i can't even understand how many hours i <laughs> my life have been spent yeah. you know reading and typing uh unformatted text but uh <laughs> you know anyways that, that's where i started i think really yeah. looking at gaming experiences i do remember playing the Discworld one there was a Discworld one oh perfect fun. oh that would have been awesome yeah. i can only imagine just, yeah, on the back of a turtle and uh yeah just running from the luggage because someone said something they shouldn't have done and or they gave it something and like well are you rinse, <laughs> are you rinse wind no well then you're going probably going to die uh, <laughs> every every single person in the game who got to choose with the first name they picked was Rincewind. Yeah, like, but how many spells do you have? One, and you can't use it. <laughs> it would just it would just crash the server. Um, so, um, uh, this next question is a bit nebulous, and I have to frame it very carefully because you could sort of shrug off and go, "Oh, Chris, come on, how can I answer that?" But as a creator, and you are one as well as your colleagues. What do you all, what do you believe is your biggest influences? Hmm. Um. I think. Hmm. That's interesting. For me personally, I would say um, some of the early um, Robotech uh, Macross uh, cartoons. For me, I think that's one of the biggest influences. I think it was a combination of um, action and space opera that was was on a different level than kind of what i had known in the culture um where the culture for me would have been you know um star wars and transformers when i grew grew up and so when i got hit by this uh japanese influence it it just it it totally changed um what i thought storytelling could be what i thought was interesting about a, you know interactions between man and machine, uh, and those things grew with more and more of that. I mean, once you start kind of getting into that flavor, uh, it can infect lots of things, and you start you know checking out different um, 
variations on that and you get into like ghost in the shell and akira um and things like that so i think i think for me there's a lot of japanese influence and then mixed with uh you know i love to read and i love books so just i'd love to say that i that i started down with uh, uh tolkien but in fact i actually was more into the derivatives which is kind of based off of D D stuff so like dragon lance and uh uh dark elves and stuff like that and i think for me games and storytelling kind of go hand in hand that's kind of the part that i like the most is how can i tell something uh how can i teach or, or tell this player an interesting story and that's not just with narrative i mean it's even just with you know gameplay decisions and gameplay consequences um and and all those things yeah I, I guess it came to me personally i think from you know japanese animation and then a combination of these kind of D groups that i that i started out with mm. that's that's a lovely litany of uh of uh especially i definitely see the japanese uh influence and the uh Gundams, which you know, yes, one of my little yes, it just feels like that, and there's very small Gundams, of course, and uh, yeah, a, Attack on Titan always think is like all you need is one oh, Gundam, yeah. all you need is one Gundam, just one, <laughs> just one, <laughs> and they'd be all set, and be all set. It's all you, you're fine. It's need, it doesn't need to be a very good Gundam, <laughs> right. just, just one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be done. There'd be show over. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Be called okay. Peace on Titan. Yeah, yeah Peace on Titan. <laughs> this massive yeah. Gundam, which is right in the middle of right. everything, in the middle of the city. Wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anime aside, is it anime? It is, I think. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not manga. Yep. Um, so this next one is can be tricky to answer because you don't want sure. to hurt anyone's feelings. The reason okay. being, so I'm asking, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Developer I most admire? Hmm. Mm. That's a that's a tricky one. Um, huh. You know, I, this is a this is kind of a sidestep, but I'll I'll say it anyways. I think for me, I, the games that I that I can't believe I still play, um, which is I still play Magic, I play Magic the Gathering. Right. And I know that's not. I know I know that they make they make video games in that they make their product into a video game. But it I'm did, constantly yeah. impressed. I'm constantly impressed by the way they alter their mechanics while staying true to the core of what the game is. So it's still about, you know, playing land, tapping and casting spells, but they constantly are coming up, constantly evolving their mechanics so that for the player experience, it's always fresh. So when I think of a developer, I, I admire, I admire that. And that's something we, we strive for as well. Yeah. That constantly evolving yeah. Sort of. I mean, how they balance it. Sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes, sure, they get sometimes it perf- we get it wrong know. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the 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 the, the beauty of um, of of that system that they created or was created uh, many years ago, and it's now the person who did it's now moved on to things like King of Tokyo, which is totally, which is a great yeah. game as well. Yeah. Which is a great game. I love it. It's a love intro yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. Like no, Richard just, Garfield is a is yes. a game design genius for sure. He, yes, and, um, uh, but he's very he's very uh, modest about it all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of making it up as I go along, which most developers are. Um, sure, yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's the but it is the purest representation of programming, isn't it? I mean, you have in, one. In a, yeah, yeah. In an interesting way, I love the way that they use what they you know. It's it's not just completely reinvent and make a new game. Their challenge is to stay relevant with 
the game that they have with their base core mechanics yep. and yet still make it uh, invigorating when a new set comes out. And that's and they hit all the same ways that, that you know we as game developers do, right? They're looking at, you know, what's new with the art, what's new with the characters. I mean they've they've kind of embraced the whole the whole package. So I'd say now that's that's why I looked at them. I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of great developers. I think we're we're in a golden age right now of uh, inde- independent development and then there's still some great things happening in AAA as well. So um, it's a good time to be a gamer. Yes, that's an understatement. It really is. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I spent way, way too much on uh, time on Horizon Zero Dawn. No, I didn't. Oh, perfect. Was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an extraordinary experience that was. Uh, and uh, yes, that was my Christmas game because everyone has their holiday game, cool. you know? It was sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, that was, that was a good one. People, when I tell people, they go, yeah, good, good decision. <laughs> Good, good 50, hours, 50 hours spent on that yeah that's good totally, totally. I, I missed it because I was I, I got smashed by uh, by Breath of the Wild at that point but yeah, uh, that was my yeah. Chris, that was my Christmas game so yeah, I, I get both, it. Yeah. we both chose well we both chose yes, well indeed so speaking of playing games what are you playing right now what am I playing uh, mm. okay so on <laughs> So I have two. I have two kids. So that really has changed mm. the way I I play games now. So my son and I are just we are mainlining Splatoon two. We we right. play. We still play religiously. So um, I, I love that game quite a bit. Mm. Um, for for myself, I guess this is actually interesting. I thought I was. This is what happens when you name your game uh, in an interesting way. I'm playing through right now Wolfenstein: uh, The New Order, thinking that I was going to play Wolfenstein, the new Colossus. So I just mm. kind of went Wolfenstein new and, and, and buy and started to play. And I really love it. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is that yeah. just, I'm, yeah. I'm loving the new order. This is like, this is yeah. like my type of game, which is mm. the, you know, single player first person experience. Yeah. Um, but I thought I was playing new Colossus and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I just need to avoid spoilers. And then I'd go and talk to somebody who's played. I put, talk to the creative director of, of Warframe, Steve. And I'm like, I'm like, what'd you think of this moment? And he's like, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've seen that moment, but I thought I finished the game. You know, we, we started laughing. We're like, oh, he's right. like, oh man, you're playing, you're playing, you're playing New Order right now. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm kind of just on the cusp of finishing that up. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm playing lots of Splatoon, mm. and then, <laughs> and then on my phone, I, I can't help myself, but uh, Chrono, uh, Chrono Trigger's there, so I'm doing another playthrough of Chrono Trigger. Um, oh, of course and, you are. And, of course you are. And that's kind of that's that, that, I can't help myself, unfortunately. So. <laughs> they released it on Steam, didn't they? But a lot of people are liking it because, like, what have you done? You know. Yeah, so yeah. I, I still have because they never released that over here in the UK. So it's one of the oh, few, interesting. Yeah, one of the few games I imported. Oh, cool. Uh, so I do have a large collection of retro systems, and SNES is one of them. And I still I have my SNES copy, but it's a US version of Chrono Trigger. Sure. <laughs> but I have it on a DS as well. And uh, but uh, yeah, it's an, it's an amazing, an amazing game. And uh, yeah, good, talk good, about a game. Yeah, it, it's surprising. It's surprising. I think it's one of those. It's one of those retro. If you haven't played it yet, you know, to the people who are listening, definitely check it out because it's the game design is actually quite surprising. Mm. For, for for the era of that game, it just kind of every once in a while you go, "Whoa, really? They just they tried to do that?" Like yeah. when when they're replaying memories to you, and uh, mm. man, it's good stuff. And there's some Mode Seven stuff in there as well. Completely like, "Whoa, what's I'm I'm yeah. this is direct interaction now." 
Like, this is a JRPG. Yeah. I don't want this. Initially, like, I don't want to do this. Like, no, you've got to do it. Come on. Come on. Totally. Do some dexterity. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, no, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a great game. And I've heard historically that many developers would require potential employees to at least finish the game. <laughs> and said, have you played Quantum Trigger? Yes. I could, I could see that as a requirement. That would yes. be interesting. We, we'll just start putting that into the digital extremes uh, <laughs> process. Have you yes. played Quantum Trigger? Tell me. Yeah, yeah what was your favourite character? What's like, what, oh, don't, uh, come on, you must have. Must be sure because it is such a. It's up there. I I equate it to like uh, this is a real cliche, but you know, Citizen Kane of like you know it's like a wow. golden standard of of game. Uh, up there with yeah. Zelda of Ocarina, you know, Ocarina of Time sure, is a, is a sure. gold standard. Yeah. Although Breath of the Wild is, I think it's nudging it. Uh, and totally. uh, there are you know, and uh, Mario sixty four and uh, many others, many many others. Uh, you could argue. Yeah. Um, uh, Dwarf Fortress. No, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a place that we really shouldn't be going to right now. But uh, not today. Anyway, no, but Sheldon, well done. You've made it for the first half. See? Oh, yay! Well, wow, yeah, okay. That's exactly. it. I'm gonna pour myself another coffee. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're now going to take a little break, and um, we're just going to delve, delve straight into Warframe. This is the what first is question. It's not a question. It's a request. And it's called the Zeroth question. It's a regular listeners will know. It's a uh, okay. As a more reference, but um, tell us what is Warframe? What is Warframe? Hmm. I wonder if I could recall. Like, if we had a boxed copy of the game and you picked it up yeah. and you were to, you know, you're to look at the back, right? Because you, you saw this crazy. See these these space ninjas on the front and they look like they have weapons and it's cool so what am i going to see when i turn that box over it's glossy and i want to rip the plastic right off it it's going to say something like it's a co-op action game Mm. um and it's it's a it's third person your your tenno your newly awoken kind of warriors that have been in a deep sleep and uh and now it's time for you and hopefully your friends um, to raid the solar system and develop your warframe, level it up, level up your weapons, level up your ship, and find out all the secrets of uh, the origin system. Yeah, what on earth? Has, that's it. If I'm, indeed... if I'm writing, if I'm writing the back, yeah, 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 that great box, <laughs> um, box blurb. I love it. Yeah. Um, so the game's been. That's going to be now... my next. That's my next career, by the way. I'm, as soon as I finish <laughs> games, I'm just going to write marketing copy for the back of boxes. <laughs> which, yes, which, or, or indeed for just Netflix blurb, which I always get wrong. Totally. Great when they, oh, great when they Netflix mix it up. blurbs. 
Yes, that's a career that needs to happen. I want someone who's a specialist writing my Netflix program. Good idea. I love it. You're, you're welcome. Um, so um, uh, it's been around for, um, well, five years now, isn't it? Um, six, five, five, six years, I think. Yeah, uh, we're, we're five years. Yep. Which yeah. is five years of actually being, being out. And obviously we've been working on it. <laughs> we've been working on it for a very long time. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, as you were saying earlier, the time really flies i mean again this is one of those games where from a studio perspective we had this concept in our heads 15 years ago Mm. um but but you know you you make one game dark sector which is kind of the predecessor or the kind of spiritual um origin of Mm. the game but uh but warframe's taking it to a whole other level so um and it's something yeah that we've been at at least (laughs) It's at least six, maybe a little bit over six now that we've all been working on it. Yeah. And what I find, it it is free to play. It Uh, is. Oh, yeah, right. I I should have put that on the back of my, you know what you just called, I I should have put that on the back of my box. Hopefully it would have said that on the front. On the front of the box, it would have said free to play. And on the back, it would have said, you know, steal this game. Now, yes. And I wanted to address this because, you know, free to play has a lot of connotations. We need to deal with that now if, if i may just to, because sure yeah uh, warframe follows the model of another game that i love and if i may uh, this is what i believe and this is my observation and experience of playing the game for oh, quite a while now is it follows the same model as path of exile now, path of exile is a mm-hmm. third person mm-hmm. sort of role-playing game like diablo and right. what you do is you respect the player uh, a great deal and what they you know you don't offer just sort of you know you you offer in, uh, gameplay improvements uh for in exchange of monies and and sort of microtransactions but one doesn't have to invest it's just like well you can give us uh, 10 bucks or something that, that, that's nice you know just for, right. for and that's what i've done in the past sort of found something a little way because thanks because for all the hours i've bent on it i must well give you something and the same with right. Path of Exile. You, you, exactly the same with them. It's just like, I've got to get, it's been at least 60, 70 hours of gameplay I've got out of this. And right. I've got to give them something. <laughs> and that's <laughs> well, how, we, we really appreciate that. That's nice. Yeah, that's and, that's, great. I like that and, it, and that's something that's very, very important that you do, you do credit the, the players with some intellect, which I'm seeing more and more in the video game space. Um, a lot of people, a lot of games being released now for, you know, for example, they don't give you in- instructions on how to move your character. You know, you, sure. need to, you know, you need to move the left thumb- thumbstick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do it then. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Well, I mean, I th- I can, that, that kind of comes to a, I, I think that's, it's, it's recognizing that there's um, kind of a maturity mm-hmm. of our industry and that we're the, the level of, uh, you know, everyone, Hopefully, I mean, gosh, that's that's my uh, that's my hope is that everyone's played a game, and uh, and you know a lot of people these things are now becoming you know simple simple ideas like how to move you know that you're going to have to use context actions how the sticks work these are things that now you know people are growing up with uh, and I think for a long time it was it was kind of niche to know mm. how to how to you know find your way through a game and I think we're getting more and more to a point where people. Um, 
you know, people that that's kind of like a, a base skill. I was just saying this earlier that I play games with my kids. I mean, my kids are not going to need a tutorial on how to move a third person character no. um, as they get older. Um, sorry, the other side of your uh, the other side of your question, your comment was just mm. on uh, respecting players uh, mm. from a uh, financial side. Yes. And I think, you know, we we wanted to make a game that was. Um, accessible and we wanted to have a community experience um, and so one of the things that I think we're most proud of in our studio is the relationship we have with our player base and so they I mean it, it's kind of it's community driven development it's kind of what Warframe is mm. we we talk to you know we're always reaching out with to them we're we're interacting with them we we, yeah, I mean, there's so many ideas that we have that, you know, we're bouncing off them before we're even putting it in the game. You know, we're, we're helping they're helping us to design the game that they want to play. Um, I'm not saying that we don't have to, you know, we don't have to make our own decisions and we have to kind of, you know, have things that work in the concept that, are, that we're trying to go for and that there isn't a creative vision behind the game. But at the same time, we need we know that this game has to work for the people who are playing it and have invested so much of their time. Like you were just saying, you've spent 70 hours, so you want to give the developer a little bit of something. Mm. Um, well, well, we, we try to recognize, we try to be cognizant of that investment yeah. that you've made uh, and listen to you about what you want. Yeah, yeah. And more and more developers are doing that. Um, Absolutely. And uh, Elite Dangerous, uh, the people at Frontier, they do the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. listen to their community Mm -hmm. and, you know, we want to land on planets. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Deep breath. Here we go. I get it. it. uh, uh, So uh, not that I detract from Warframe, but it's it's good to have a framework for a a bounce off, a a comparison, so people can understand where you're coming from. And uh, it's just really what is so extraordinary is people watching it. So how much is this? Is it nothing? <laughs> and they're looking at right. it and watching it. Going, no, 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 seriously. No, I'm deadly serious. It's absolutely nothing. Oh come yeah. on, where's the disc? How many times? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, where's right. the box? No, like no, 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 no seriously, it's just nada. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I I was thinking about sometimes I think about the fact that like you know when I was playing you know, PC games in at the end of high school and university for me, which unfortunately I'm old. So that was a while ago. Mm. I'm like, I can't even imagine if I would have been able to play uh, a game like Warframe for free. So it's kind of like, it's a, it's a dream of my past self that gets to be realized with this game. That's that, you know, we're all making here at D. What I can't believe is the, 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 the fidelity of it all and the graphics and the light, it's the lighting. It was the lighting oh, that great. really struck me. Was was oh, the, I don't know what you're using or what magic you're applying there, but uh, yeah. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's, that's really lovely impressive. To hear. We have we have a, we have a you know we have a great team. This engine that we have, the Evolution engine, this is an engine that we actually built when we were making, uh, like I said, Dark Sector that released mm. back in 2008, and we just keep you know we just keep adding the things that we need to make the game the way we want to. So I mean, the lighting tech has revved multiple times and uh, there are some hyper talented smart people that are uh, they're always looking to up it like i think we just made lighting improvements uh, two or three months ago so um, yeah it's great so let's move on now to the design questions so i think we've sure we've uncovered as much as we can within the time we've got for about warframe and it's a third person 
uh, action adventure game with a lot of cooperative elements and um, extraordinary storyline. <laughs> Which, cool. Uh, cool. which yeah, so. yeah, with really, really incredible characters that uh, you both like and really, really, really dislike. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah, important. It's important yeah, to have the, both sides of that, right? Yeah, the villain. Oh, he's good. He's really good. Um, so I've got to ask this, and this may sound a very strange question, but why did you choose a third-person view as opposed to what, any other view? Why the third-person over-the-shoulder you. I think I know the answer to this. Most of these questions I know the answer to, but I want you to tell me. Well, why did you do that? Um, well, I mean, a couple of things. With this game, um, we wanted it to be about... Um, I mean, the game's called Warframe, which is what you're seeing, the, the suits that you're seeing uh, on that box cover that you're picking up, these, these kind of, like, organic metal, um, you know, humanoids is kind of what it looks like. And you want to be able to see everything that they're doing because they are so uh, detailed and beautiful and it's yours. You're customizing it. You're doing, I mean, there's just, there's endless, I mean, they call it in the game, our community calls it fashion frame um, because they're always adorning their warframes with all sorts of different attachments and colors and scarves, which we call cyandanas and um, yeah, all kinds of things. So you want to be able to see your warframe in action. And then combine that with the fact that we're we're dealing with a game that has I still think that we're you know kind of best in class mobility. So you're you're traversing surfaces at incredible speeds with all kinds of different moves in your arsenal purely just for movement. Uh, and so you want to be again you want to be able to see that you want to be able to see your character cling to the wall. You want to see them kind of glide jumping and shooting at the same time. So. Uh, it's kind of fundamental to our experience um, to have that third-person view for the game. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like Devil May Cry and stuff like that. Those are kind of genre mm. games. I hope that's not. Yeah, did you ever play? Did you ever play uh, Vanquish? Yeah. 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 So oh, Devil May yeah. Cry. Devil May Cry is a great example. Vanquish. I mean, a lot of those third-person action games we were really inspired by. Um, and then again, like I said, our, our the predecessor. To Warframe was Dark Sector, which was also a third-person action game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we, we've we've been all over the place as a studio. We, we you know we did Unreal. Um, we worked on Unreal Tournament, and then uh, like myself, I was the creative director on The Darkness Two, which is a first-person game. Um, um, but uh, but we thought again when we look at this when we looked at this game, it was you know this is the way we, we thought the best approach would be. I want to ask you about the next question I have is the. Um door locking system this really mm-hmm. sort of took me by surprise like this is this is a weird change of pace so just for right. listeners if you're not familiar um what you can do is you just go to a doorway certain keypads and uh, interactions and you hit it and all of a sudden this mini game appears um and i won't go into too much spoilers and that sort of thing but it's basically a big typically it's a big disc thing and you have to hit the uh, as, the, as something spinning around, you have to hit it just in the right moment, and then it unlocks the doorway. Um, right. How did right. this come about? Uh, well, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think initially, what we were looking for was it's a couple things, right? It, it adds to the feeling of you know you're raiding ships, so there's a kind of narrative feel of like you shouldn't be in certain places. So I think mm. having uh, a lock a locking mechanism and a hacking mechanism um, helps heighten that 
uh, for the players. And we use that also for when you're hacking uh, alarm systems and things like that. Um, and then on top of that, you do have this kind of balls-to-the-wall shooter. Um, and it's interesting in a co-op situation to put one player in a situation where they have to do something else under uh, a potential pressure while the other people are, are fighting. It's also just good, even if you're soloing, just to, again, to give you that, uh, that blip of different pleasure in succeeding in something aside from shooting a guy in the head or casting your power um, yet again. So I think it's, it's both pacing and, and narrative. Um, and it's funny that you bring up, you know, it, it is a small mechanic in the game, mm. um, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a piece of the larger whole, again, of, of showing you that you are kind of raiding in a lot of these situations. You are doing things that potentially you're not supposed to. So you do have to kind of use a little bit of extra uh, tech and, and skill set to get past it. And considering you're, you're basically, for want of a better phrase, ninja, of, you know, a space yeah. ninja, um, yep. as opposed to a space wizard, for, for Jedi, right. Uh, right. <laughs> I love that. Recently, now people are like, "Wait, they're wizards?" Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh wow! Yeah. Anyway, um, and I just think you know, looks like in, again another comparison. Forgive, but it's like Skyrim, where you're running around or killing dragons, and then all's a chest, and you come over, and then spend the next ten minutes trying to open this trying chest lock right. Right. <laughs> after right. killing yeah. a dragon. <laughs> Right, and it's right. just—it's a yeah. lovely sort of like one minute you're seeing the vast expanse of the world, next minute you're all your attention is drawn to the little lock to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it gives yeah. you the sense of sense of scope of the world a little bit. Not in that game for sure. That's that's how you feel. I think that's a great uh, pacing element there as well. Mm. At times, at times, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. At times, and the same thing, and the same thing even with us. I mean, we have yeah. we have ways that players can craft um, ciphers. That allow them to just bypass that. If you're the type of player that just no, I just want to get past it. Well, you know what? You can. And this is not like something you have to pay for. You can, you know, find the components if you want. You know, there's all these different resources in the world you're finding in the world. So the kind of hope is that this is all looping together, right? Where you're like, well, I've, I've traveled through this mission. I found this piece and this piece. What can I do with it? Well, you can put together ciphers so that you know maybe you are in a high pressure situation where you need to hack, um, and you can bypass it because you've created tech to do that. Mm. I'm going to ask you, sort of related to the previous question, then, is there's, there's definitely a sense of uh, stealth in them to reward the player with two different types. They could go in guns a-blazing sure. or, or blade swinging or both. Yes. Or yes. they can actually just, you know, avoid it. You know, they don't have right. to kill everyone. It's not their fault that they're a guard, you know. Right. They're just doing their job. <laughs> Granted, right. they're doing yeah. it on the wrong side of history, but they're still doing their job. Uh, and uh, so, why? Well, well, why was I know again? I know the answer to this question, but you tell me why have you gone that route? Because there's certainly huge benefits of actually avoiding combat, stop them from, or at least stop them from hitting that alarm button. What? What? Why? Why was that? Yeah, we. I mean, we've tried a few things. Uh, I, I think there's a certain segment of our player base that wished. You know, we'd go even even further on the on the stealth side of thing, but we like to keep that as an option. That that's a way that you can. I mean, this is a Warframe is a game where you can the customization, the avenues of uh, player expression through the mods that you use. These are the ways that the kind of cards that you put into you slot into your Warframe or your weapons can really change the way you play the game. And so, for the type of player that wants to take that path in 
you know, not every mission is like that, but there are definitely mission types that we made sure we put through the game that if you're the type of player that really likes that, that style of gameplay, um, that it's there for you. And I think, you know, a, a game like Warframe where we have players that have, well, I mean, on Twitter I get, uh, you know, players sending me that they're at the, you know, 800-hour mark or they're at the 5,000-hour mark. I mean, it's ridiculous how, how much how much time and uh, ridiculous, and I, I mean that as ridiculously awesome, <laughs> but uh, how much time people have put into the game. You need to have systems that, you know, players can try different ways of achieving the goals that they want. And I think stealth... Um, stealth. I mean, God, you're you're a ninja, right? Hello, I mean, ninjas. Sh- ninjas should be able to sneak around and kill some. Yeah, right? in in silence. That's the point. In you silence. don't know they're there. You want to pull out totally. You want to pull out a katana and you want to yeah. sneak up on a guy and you want to put it through his back and move on. I, yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I, I think it's it's an, it's an expectation. Mm. So, Excellent. Yeah. No, no, no. It made it, it's thematically. And what I'm getting here, what I was trying to get at, and you've done it with the plum, was that story has informed the game. It hasn't theme right. has informed the game and the experience. And it's not yeah. just like, well, we've made this thing. Let's bolt this thing on the side of it. No, it's homogenous, and that's that's very important. I think a lot of games are now realizing that, and the theme should inform. The game, and the best example of that, excluding Warframe, of course, is uh, one of the best examples is Papers, Please. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you take that to a publisher, like you're talking about pitching games, trying to pitch that to a publisher, like, get out. Just get right. out. Get out. Right. Yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> you, you're always, and I think it's one of those things that you really have to be. Uh, conscious of is is just you know what is the armature that you're hanging your whole game on and then what are the ways that because you have that there though that armature can inform all aspects of it um and like i was just saying earlier we we rely really heavily um and we we love the fact that we have a community that's really engaged and passionate and sometimes sometimes we miss it and they catch it and they tell us hey this doesn't fit Mm. and we go right Right. But I mean, you have this we, ha- we have this relationship and we have this update cycle where, um, you know, our PC market, uh, like we these players, we send we put out a build and they might tell us, you know, that day there's a problem. And, and it's nice because we can instantly turn it around and fix it. And then by the time that that kind of rev goes through to cert, then our console players, our PS4 and, and Xbox One players, they're getting uh, they're getting all the goodness by the time it hits them. So uh, it's a. It's a balance to try to hit that. I'd love to say that every time, again, like we have this armature and we have this theme in mind and we design everything perfectly like that. We try our best, but man, does it ever help to have a passionate community that, that kind of guides that. Yeah, it's just like, okay, we're not going to give you a massive minigun. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's, sure. that's, how are they going to run with that? What? No, it's, everyone wants a minigun? No, no, they really don't. Oh, God. <laughs> What have, you, what have you done? And, and and you know that's what happens, right? And you, and then you make changes and you hold your breath. I mean, our yeah. we have this big we have Tenocon that happens every year where we have players all come to us in London. Uh, and the last Tenocon we revealed, you know, our open landscapes, which are just like you know, it's like basically putting an open world in the middle of Warframe. And and we're literally worried. We're like, what happens when people are just like no? I mean, you think that they're going to say, you, you, we're all players. We, we love it. We think they're going to love it. But until you see the reaction, until you see, you know, that kind of stamp of approval from the players, I mean, nothing's real until we get that. Yes, 
Absolutely. And you are not at their mercy. That's not true. That is not no. true because that's that's a wrong way to say it. And objectively, Sorry. many people would say that. And you no, know, you no, can't you can't design all. you can't design things by committee. That doesn't no, work. No, 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 no. no. no it's but, more. It's yeah. more like I said. It's more. It's 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 this really interesting kind of mix of transparency, mm. collaboration, and trust. And I mean, they put yeah. a lot of trust in us too. Uh, once once they've seen the way we do things, you know, once you've played the game for a while and you see the way we do things, well, then they also are willing to give our ideas a yeah. little bit of tail. You know, yeah. they, they'll let it. They'll let it. They'll let. They'll play it for a while before they they judge it. I mean, that's fantastic, right? That's, I mean, compared to the old model, when I talk about working in games for so long, where Mm -hmm. you work on a game for three years, you put it out. And if someone doesn't like a small thing, it can basically ruin it. We're in this world now where there's that small thing that might've ruined it. That we it's just, gone now. We just changed that. It's <laughs> yeah, gone. It's, it's like, gone now. You like it now? And it's yeah. like, yeah, they do. You know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, that, that, that cycle, that feedback loop yeah. is so satisfying as a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, you know, I, it's hard to put words on it because every time we release, we have an update. We just all sit here and watch people. You know, and we're in this. We're in the age now where there's streamers. There's people. All these people are streaming the game, and we're seeing live reactions to how people are enjoying either the story content or the gameplay content. When you see someone play the game and they start crying, you know, you know, you know what the that that your hard work is paying off, uh, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I think the best model I can compare it to is I'm a I play a lot of pen and paper role playing games. Uh, oh, not, yeah. just, not, not just D&D, I hasten to add, although yeah, I do play all that. Sorts. It's all sure. sorts. Cor- Coriolis I'm playing, which is uh, it's a very niche game, but it's a lovely game. It's set. It's, it's okay. in space, but it's Tales okay. of Arabian Nights in space. Oh, interesting. So it's a lovely sort of setting. Sounds good. And, uh, What's that called again? Uh, Coriolis. I'll send you a link Coriolis. to it. So, yeah, okay, so, perfect. Thank you. It's one book as well. Just one tome and you've got everything. I love that. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah. And a yeah. uh, very simple system, so D6. The reason I mention yeah. it is that when you're sitting behind that screen as a DM or GM, if you will, um, one, of the, 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 one of the tropes, one of the jokes that players say is, don't give the GM de- ideas. Don't, don't give them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> And right, right, right. But, you know, as a GM, you're constantly changing the world ever so slightly within a very tight framework to make sure that what the players are doing, because one of the best questions a GM can ask is, what would you like to do now? Sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, they, yeah, they say yeah. that. And then there's that feedback loop. So I do believe in a microcosm sort of model, that interaction between the good GM, a good GM and their players mm-hmm. is what you're doing with Warframe on a much grander scale. Do you agree? I- I love I love that analogy. That's fantastic. I hadn't thought of it like that, but that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because a DM is working within a world they've written and composed, yeah. and there's that yeah. rules. You have those rules, your your system, but that's right. That's not yeah. constricting you. That's actually enabling you to go. Well, we can do this now. You know, or yep. they, they've they've gone off no, to the, chase the, you know chase after the troll. Like, oh great, hang on. The GM the GM player GM player relationship is actually quite cool because of that. Because also, you know, the players know that they want the plus four, whatever, yeah. as fast as they possibly can. <laughs> yeah. But the GM knows that potentially that's not the best thing for them in terms of the power, or they need to do something more to get that. So they're going to change, yeah, you know, whatever, right? That that yeah. that yeah. relationship, yeah, that's really good. I like it. Okay. So the last question is related to what I just stated is um, we've skirted around it. You mentioned it earlier, and I really want to now focus on it. It's our last question. Is there is an interesting balance between the multiplayer 
and the single-player experience. Mm-hmm. How have you, as a team, managed to ensure both experiences are rewarding? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, we find, I think it's something in the neighborhood of like 30% of all of our missions are completed single player, which is pretty significant. Mm. Um, so what we try to do is um, <laughs> we, we have some pretty dedicated uh, testers that everything we make are checking to make sure that one, it is possible to do solo. And then we have systems in place that obviously scale the challenges based on the amount of players they're in. And you sometimes have to just reject certain ideas because they're just not going to work one way or the other. So you have to have kind of like a a filter um, for that stuff. Uh, And then lastly, it's, I guess it's trying to figure out, Oh, excuse me just for one sec. Um, Sorry about that. Um, So, this is this is where I'm working in a live game development studio. So there's always people coming in just to say, "Hey, what are we doing with this?" And it's like, "No, no, no, actually, talking." Anyway, sorry, uh, trying to break the. I don't know. Is that what wall is that in podcasting? Sure. It's, it's anyway. the seventh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just broke the seventh wall. Um, but uh, um, sorry, my train of thought there. Oh yeah. So the last thing, I, I feel like a a broken record. Uh, but again, we we have this. This is what happens when you have a mature game. You have so many people playing the game that you can you can release content even when you miss it. Even when you, you're great testers, you're great designers who are who are amazing shit filters, and everyone else who's played the game in the company has, has tried something in different ways. Well, then you have you know uh, thousands <laughs> thousands of players playing it who are going to tell you, "Hey, I couldn't do this single player," or "There's something there's something wrong with the single player." So. I guess for my, I guess what I'd say is our intention is to always make the systems that we create um, playable by by both you know in a co-op and in a single player experience, and then we have a series of uh, you know not to go political but checks and balances to uh, <laughs> make sure that we're uh, that, that you know we kind of stick to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just to uh, just to encourage people listening that. Personally, I spent most of the time in single player, and then eventually evolved or sort of upgraded, if you mm-hmm. say, for one of a phrase, multiplayer. Because most multiplayer games, when multiplayer experiences are, 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 are typically better. I mean, I raided in WoW as a priest, and I led from the back as a priest. Don't don't do that, everyone. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. But um, I still have fond memories of that. But yeah, this is telling the the. The wizard to stop uh, drawing attention to himself was was very hard, um, but no, that whole sort of dynamic and interaction. Once you get to know the nuts and bolts and all the all the different moving parts of which there are many to Warframe. Yeah, which is no, great. you're absolutely right with the with the new with the new player experience, particularly. Mm. That's a that's a challenge, and just yeah. like you said, the, a lot of new players want to just try it by themselves and figure it yes. out. Figure it out. We, rather we've than, tried you know, to do. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to be put in a situation where they're going to feel like they're in that that high pressure and they're supposed to do something and they didn't do it because they don't know the game well enough um luckily we've had again this is uh with the community is that we have we have guides of the lotus we have players who basically now just want to help new players so they so they're they're early grabbing them and saying come on just play like just the two of us will play and i'll show you the ropes you know Mm. um and uh and we have you know we have systems to support that which is great um but yeah you you need to have that you need to have um, 
well, I guess you don't need to, but it's great to have mm. a, an ability for a player to really try something by themselves, get their feet wet, and then be able to. And then also there's times where you just, you know, maybe you don't want to have, you just want to explore an area by yourself. You know, yeah. you just want to take it all yeah. in at your own pace. Because a game with mobility as incredible as Warframe is, a lot of times if you're going to play a four-player mission, you know, the other guys in your team might be racing to take care of an objective and they're not they're not trying to find, you know, the resources that you're trying to find. So you want to have that ability to be able to play uh, solo should you want to, you know, farm or, or figure out things that you want to do with your particular frame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's just... It always bothers me you have multiplayer games and you have a toxic community who don't understand that without new players, the game they love so much is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. Like, are you yeah. aware that without these people, the game will go away? Did you right. know? Okay. Yeah. It's like, yes. It's like you were there once as well. You were once yep. new. Can't you empathize yep. with I don't. I've never understood it. It happens all the time, all the time, and I think like, how? I don't. I don't get it. It's, some people just don't have empathy. But anyway, that's a yes. negative, <laughs> neg, 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 negative point. Um, but no, uh, it's really wonderful to you to say that, and it's very encouraging to hear that. You know, if new players or people interested in the game, they can dive in, and they won't be. Um, you know, it's, it's just they can learn at their own pace, which is wonderful. And yes. you know, again, and, another another parallel with Path of Exile, exactly the same. You can just go off on your own. Don't worry about it. You don't have to be with anyone. Be fine. And you can yeah. do that for, for hours and hours on end. And it's fine. It's perfectly fine. No one's going to judge. But, you know, there is something out there that you can do. You can share your experience with others, which is great. So, Sheldon, it's been fantastic talking to you about Warframe. You've been a fantastic guest. Oh, thanks, um, Chris. It's been a pleasure talking to you as well. Yeah, I hope you got something out of this. Give a bit of a, you know, a, not so much. I use the phrase post mortem, but it's more like a being able to stand by your work and say, "Look, I did this thing." And yeah, I no, it's great. I, I've I've got a couple of notes here. I can't wait to use the uh, GM player analogy. I think this is going to be the next time I have a team meeting. I'm going to talk about how that's what we are, guys. We're, I, you know, then we so have sessions the- spill out. We'll we'll play. Like I said, you're going to have to send me the link. I was going to say we're going to play some Savage Worlds. Or we're going to play some. <laughs> D and you guys are going to remember the guys are the DMs. They're us, and yeah, it's going to yeah. be good. I like it. Just, just have a big screen in front of you as you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Put the screen up in front of my face. Exactly. I have a team meeting. That's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> and just start rolling dice randomly. What are you doing? Nothing. Totally. Just nothing. Um, so Warframe is out now. It has been for a it while. Sure is. PlayStation yeah. Four. Uh, Xbox One and Windows PC. It's not on Mac, right. is it? I can't remember. It, it is. It is not on Mac. No, no. My laptop's on Mac because it can take a bullet. <laughs> and it still oh, really? works. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. just well, keeps you going. Always, you can always like dual boot it and stuff like that. That's true. There's still, there's still ways. If you want to play there, there it on, are, your, on your Mac, there's ways. There is means and ways to do these things. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, it's been fantastic having you on. You're more than welcome to come back and to chat about any other future developments or indeed significant developments and changes to Warframe that we can actually re Because re- there's much more to talk about. I could have I could have had 60 questions, but I've only yeah, got four. Yeah. Well, that was, Chris, <laughs> fantastic. Thanks so much for taking the time with me today. Excellent. Thank you very much. And so ends another episode of The Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up The Sausage Factory and you can find us 
that'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer who listen to this show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, shall we say, of spong.com. Bye!